From 12 News in Phoenix, Arizona, this is Downfall. The whole city of China is going to shut down for this game. We're ready to come out and show like the state of Arizona that Hamilton still has it. Similar to what happened in Penn State, people aren't going to want to be affiliated with that negative energy that's going on there. We do believe that there is more than enough evidence. Hell on Earth, you know, would be a good way of summing it up. They're angry. Uh, they're upset that no one came forward. I don't know what I would have done different because we didn't know. I just want the Hamilton standard and name to be clear. The Hamilton name, the Hamilton standard, it's legendary. The Hamilton Huskies won state championships six out of eight years. They had a 53-game winning streak. It's the longest winning streak of any high school team in the country. We're talking years without ever losing a game. Players wanted to play for them. Other coaches, like Scott Keppel, admired them. Hamilton, year after year after year, is always in the talk as, you know, being one of the perennial powerhouses. They finally lost a game in 2011, the state championship. They were ranked 24th in the nation. It was a huge deal. We even covered the game on the news back then, not just sports. Hey Coop, the Hamilton Huskies haven't lost since September 08, and the last chance to beat them this season arrived today in the Division One state championship game. Could Desert Vista pull off the upset? Or would the Hamilton Huskies go on to become Arizona's first big school to win four consecutive state championship games? This wasn't a football game played Friday Night Lights style. There were no bleachers, no little concession stand behind it. This game was played at University of Phoenix Stadium, where the Arizona Cardinals play. This stadium's hosted two Super Bowls. This game was big. And when Hamilton lost, they got more attention than the team that actually beat them. They outplayed us in every asset today, and they deserve to be state champs. So uh, if I had a hat, I'd tip it to Coach Hines and that football team. They, uh, they did something that uh, a lot of teams couldn't, uh, and they outplayed us in every aspect of the game today. And no, we didn't edit that on there. They actually played Bittersweet Symphony when Hamilton lost. And at the head of that team, Coach Steve Bellis. All I'm worried about is really Friday night and the section championship. And if it so happens to get there, it would just be like last year. Bellis played in college and in the pros. The Arena League, sure, but still, it was professional football. He was a quarterback at Notre Dame under coach Lou Holtz. Bellis was popular. He won all the time. And he was always agreeable to an interview. When Notre Dame came to play Arizona State a few years ago, Bellis talked about his struggle to get tickets. We checked into it and they were all sold out because they said, well, if he would have called two weeks ago, we would have had something. So it was one, one of those things. Uh, I couldn't even get it from my alma mater, but, uh, you know, it was one of those things. It didn't work out. I and mean, I got some uh, harassment by my own uh, coaching staff about it. But, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, you know, when there's a good team in town, it's like, I'd love to go to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, I've never been to one, but I don't think I'll probably. Now, yeah, now, now I'm just fishing since it worked the first time. But if he was any other coach, no one would have cared about that story. Coach can't get football tickets. Big deal. Neither can I. But this was Steve Bellis, a nationally ranked coach, one of the fighting Irish. What he had to say was newsworthy and good TV. So, so, we got to hear some Lou. Let's hear Lou. <laughs> Come on, you, you, yeah. All right, I'll give you the one when we're getting ready. Remember, I got to set this up right getting ready to play Colorado in the Orange Bowl, my last game ever. And I think he was contemplating going back to the pros, and so he wasn't kind of all there. And Lou's a pretty sharp guy, and I'll always remember this. He goes, gentlemen, listen up. This Oklahoma team we're about to play is a well-machined oiled. No one said a word. No one said a word. I remember Dean Brown looking at me, our offensive guard, and he goes, you know, Bellis, we'll beat their ass too.
Bellis was so good when it came time for the 25th anniversary All-Star team for Friday Night Fever here at 12 News, our Bruce Cooper knew who the coach would be. And the coach of our 25-year All-Fever team is Hamilton's Steve Bellis. All right, and speaking of head coach Steve Bellis, he joins me now, and coach, congratulations on being our All-Fever Silver Anniversary head coach. This is, this is yours. First of all, I'd like to thank uh, Bruce Cooper and uh, 12 News for uh, selecting me as the Silver Anniversary coach. Uh, I guess it comes on the 25th year of me coaching 25 years, so uh, that's kind of nice, and I'm honored and humbled by this award, and uh, there's a lot of great coaches out there, and uh, I feel like I'm walking on the shoulder of giants, but uh, really appreciate this award. Going into 2017, some of the shine had rubbed off Hamilton. They were a few years removed from a state championship. Their 2016 season was their worst in more than 10 years, but still, they were considered a good team. Everything unraveled on March 29th, 2017. Thanks for joining us. Before we get to all that, we're following breaking news here. Breaking news right now, kidnapping and sexual assault. Those are just some of the charges facing high school football players tonight. I get a text from my parents saying that we're all of the news for rape, sexual assault, and kidnapping, and I was just shocked. That's Lattimore Hervey. He was the quarterback for Hamilton in the 2016 season. You heard him at the beginning of the episode talking about the Hamilton standard. Six of his teammates had just been arrested, accused of hazing other players. I, we never really brought up hazing because it's never really happened that I've known. Lattimore was the first player to talk to the media. Team 12's William Pitts is live in Chandler with the breaking details. Well. I was there that day, parked at a strip mall parking lot across the street from the school. When a big story happens, the media tends to cluster around in the same place. It's usually the place most likely to get foot traffic and interviews from whatever location we're staking out. In this case, it was pretty much the only parking lot that gave us a view of the school and the school sign. Students were coming across the street. Most didn't know anything had happened. Only Lattimore was an actual player. I remember most of us were surprised he even agreed to talk. It sounded like he wanted people to know this wasn't widespread. It was only a few kids. Honestly, maybe one or two of them played. I, you can't put the rap on the whole varsity team. Parents didn't have a clue what had happened either, but they weren't really buying what the cops were saying. Of course there was shock, but then once that wore off, I was more like, okay, let's get all the facts before anyone makes any judgment. Uh, I've never seen anything like that at the school before, and sometimes, most of the time, things are blown out of proportion. Might ask him, you know, did any, you know, did anything happen? But uh, like I said, he never showed any signs that anything really went on. The one thing we didn't know and couldn't say on the evening news was exactly what happened. In that parking lot, we heard a few kids saying they thought there was video going around, but you have to be careful with things like that. Everyone always says there's video. After the first day, reporters Ryan Cody and Charlie Edsity took over the story. You knew what Hamilton was before this happened. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I try to, from afar, been trying to follow the high school football scene and they obviously are, are juggernaut, have been for years. So if you know anything about football, especially in the East Valley, you have to know the name Hamilton and you have to know the, the name Steve Bellis if you're a football fan around here. I mean, the guy went and played at Notre Dame, played for Lou Holtz. Um, these are big time names. I would say it really picked up for me. There was a meeting that about a week later, uh, the Hamilton High School Football Booster Club put together that was at a restaurant called the Ginger Monkey across the street. And so the, they held 
a uh, community, quote-unquote, community healing meeting. And they brought in um, Ken James, the principal of the high school, to come talk. They brought in some other people to come talk. A, uh, a Christian rock group came. Uh, it was an interesting situation because while a lot of people were wondering, looking for answers, like in the community, and kind of feeling bad for what they believed were some victims in their community, you had the other side that wanted to come together and say, hey, look, this isn't representative of everybody at this school. There are 3,000 kids that go to the school, and a lot of their names are being drugged through the mud right now. So they wanted to make it known that there's a lot of people that had nothing to do with it, even if it was something that, that happened. First, I want to apologize that we even have to be here. That's Hamilton High's principal, Ken James, talking at that meeting. It was held at a place called the Ginger Monkey, and Ryan Cody thought there was just something off about it. The notice that went out, one that a lot of players and coaches retweeted, said it would be a meeting about healing, and there would be no questions. You know, we want to unify this community with our school because um, we, we just need the support. When it's all said and done, all of your questions will be answered. But we can't answer any of those because we know nothing yet. You've got the parents of an entire football team who want to know what's going on, and at a healing event, they're saying, don't ask. At a bar. I mean, just like the facts of the matter is they held this community event at a bar in Chandler um, and they didn't, they said it wasn't a place for questions. They didn't want to bring up what happened. They wanted to change the narrative and have a positive conversation about something when there were, quite frankly, still a lot of questions out there about what really happened. We didn't really know the story at that time and the story was then trying to be changed. The next day we assigned Charlie Ed City to keep digging with Ryan. So then I picked it up and then I started looking more so into, because at that point they hadn't released the police documents yet. You hear hazing and you don't actually know what that means. You just know, okay, something happened, these guys are charged with sexual conduct of some kind, and then you got to go find out what it actually is. Yeah. And, you know, honestly speaking, I kind of feel a little... It is hazing, for sure, but I also feel like, you know, this is extreme hazing. This is sexual assault. This is because, and I've heard that a lot in covering this story, that a lot of athletes who I've spoken with about this, they always differentiate hazing between what happened in this case. They always make a point that hazing, traditionally speaking, if you will, if you can even put that kind of a label on it, is giving someone a hard time, making them carry your bag, go get me water, you know, just, you know, light. There's giving somebody crap, and then there's this. Yeah, and then there's absolutely violating somebody to a degree that, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite confident these poor victims will maybe never be able to fully recover from. We didn't get any names that first day either. Police only told us five of them were current students. The sixth one had transferred to an alternative school. And a third party, their words, told them about the hazing. And that third party was not a parent. We still don't know who tipped off the cops, right? Or even suspect. Correct. That is the other aspect of this story that was a little, little strange. So we were told by Chandler police that there was an anonymous voicemail that was left on the assistant athletic director's phone alerting him to what had been going on in the locker room. We do not know the identity of this caller. Uh, that information has been pretty much withheld um, from police, any law enforcement agency working on this case. 
the question for me is how long was this going on? Because this is one wave of players. It appears that they're younger, cla- uh, younger classmen, freshmen, sophomores. Um, and so who else, I wonder, may have experienced something like this, witnessed something like this, um, and chose not to speak up? That's the question we all wanted to know. We knew from police that this wasn't a one-off incident. This was something police were saying happened over multiple seasons to multiple players. But everyone thought it would stop with the players. Some arrests, juvenile court, maybe someone gets tried as an adult. I don't think anyone suspected it would go higher, much higher. Given his reputation in that community, um, this is a football coach who, you know, highly regarded, highly respected very successful football program that some say he built single-handedly and so to see his name tied into this I think that is shocking as well. More on that next time. Downfall was produced by 12 News and me William Pitts. Special thanks to Charlie Edsity and Ryan Cody. Visit Downfall online at 12news.com downfall.